Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Everybody, it is time once again for the Mainland Podcast. This is episode number 335. How strange it is to have two episodes in a week, but this will soon become normal as uh, we are now in our new format. A couple episodes a week, a little bit shorter, a little bit more easy to digest in between games. You don't have to hit everything in one sitting. You don't have to abandon the thing after an hour. It's, uh, it's really for you we do this. And joining me to do this, this podcast, that is, David Rowe up in Tallahassee. Dave, how you doing? I'm good. I got to tell you, this whole new format thing, it's its its like its like we never left. It's liberating. It is. It is. We are on the new the new site, as if you, those of you who listened to the previous podcast know, is mm-hmm. up. We are back home, which is great. Hopefully, everybody downloaded and listened to and gave a five-star rating to the brand new Scoperp Soccer and Orlando Pride podcast show that we did this week. Uh, Mm -hmm. And if all went well, that did actually happen. (laughs) And if it, if it, if it didn't happen, then, uh, then all did not go well, but we expect that that has preceded this podcast, but it's a little different when you're recording certain parts on some nights and certain other parts on other nights. It's, it's very confusing, but you don't need to worry about it. Cause we do this so that you don't have to, we keep track or we'll try anyway. Yeah. So normally in the second show of the week, if there's a regular one game on the weekend format with the fixture schedule, we will start the second show of the week with you know, if we have a guest, we'll do that. We'll also have our score predictions and our, our look ahead for the next uh, one. And we'll have our mailbag box. So we'll have our preview and our guest and our mailbag box all in one show. And then the first show of the week is typically going to be, it wasn't this week because Orlando City didn't play this week, but it will typically be a review and analysis of Orlando City's game. A little talk about OCB's game as well. And there may actually be a two guest week, or we may have some of our founders on. If you have uh, not received your email, and I hope you have, we uh, reached out to our founders. They can start scheduling time to uh, to come on the show because our platinum founders are eligible to co-host a segment with us with the topic of their choice. Yeah, and so far it's just been me, and I'd really like it to be somebody else other than me. 
yeah, even our own guys on the staff haven't uh, haven't taken advantage of it yet. They've been uh, a little busy the last couple of weeks. I know Ryan moved into a new house, so that's yeah, always, he was busy. Uh, yeah, it's always stressful and, and time consuming. I mean, all I did was set up a new website, and it took weeks. I mean, he's got to set up a whole household. Uh, all I did was have surgery. Yeah, that took you a so, day. It was outpatient surgery. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. Not a big deal. All right. This week, we have some news that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Exploria Stadium hosting the beautiful game on Friday, June 23rd. don't really have a lot of information about this yet, but it's a, basically it's a celebrity soccer match, including uh, Ronaldinho and Roberto Carlos. So they're, they're advertising this as a, is that it will feature uh, a star-studded lineup of players from around the world, but the names haven't really come out yet. Other than those two, Ronaldinho and Roberto Carlos, uh, I would suspect there's a very strong possibility that Kaká will make an appearance at this event. That was literally the first thing that I said to you when they announced this was, if Kaká is not there, somebody fell down on the job. <laughs> the the only reason Kaká would not be at this event is if Kaká doesn't want to be at this event because they will be begging him to be at this event. They will absolutely be begging him. I'm begging him. I mean, come on. We gotta, we gotta have our, you know, most well-known uh retired older player at this thing. I would like to see some more former Orlando City players in this match. I think if Kaka plays, maybe there's a chance that we'll see um uh Julio Baptiste. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh I don't know. Beast action. Yeah. There's some players out there that that could come back. I mean, Tally Hall's in town, right? <laughs> Shouldn't be hard for him. Yeah. He's just got to get time off from the uh, department. Yeah. I'm not really sure though, you know, what the response to this will be. It's a, I mean, essentially it seems like an old timers game. I don't know if there's going to be any current players because players don't typically like to jeopardize their limbs, their knees, whatever their ankles. In games yeah. like this, uh, if they're still in the middle of their career. So this will probably be all retired guys. And um not really sure what this uh, city's response will be to that. I mean, this is just a town that is not selling out games for a very good team, you know, a very competitive MLS team. They're not getting the typical 25-5 in the stands every week. So I don't know what the this will be. But I think this has a little bit different market in that, um, you know, obviously the big Brazilian uh, contingent in the city of Orlando will be wanting to maybe get a glimpse of, of these old stars and especially if Kaká is involved and, and certainly Ronaldinho is a huge draw. It absolutely is. Although I, I, I honestly think this, the, the attendance on this either makes or breaks based on whether Kaká is in the stadium playing the game. That's uh, that's certainly going to be a factor for sure. So yeah. I don't know if this is something that would interest you if you lived in town, Dave, but obviously living in Tallahassee, I'm assuming you're not going to drive down on a Friday for this game. No, nah, probably not. Um, I would, uh, you know, I'm going to use my, my time off and travel expenses to watch the, uh, watch the, Orlando City senior team and and maybe try and pair that up with a weekend when the Pride are also playing so I can maximize my my little bit of vacation. Yeah. I uh I certainly think that would be great. And one of the things that we've talked about too is if we can find the right perfect storm of games of in and out some teams being in town, some teams being out of town and the timing of those um, maybe we do a little gathering with our founders at uh, a local establishment to watch maybe an Orlando city away match, maybe a little watch party somewhere, maybe at a craft mm-hmm. brewery or something. And then, uh, and then, you know, go to the game the next day for the pride or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's something that we have discussed and, and that'll be fun for me because I'll be sitting in a bar with my laptop trying to recap a game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. While I'm yes, talking lots to of, our founders. <laughs> yes, lots of fun for Michael there. That's okay. We'll have other staff there to, you know, to do that. That's absolutely, you know, whenever we we figure that out, I, I will absolutely make it down for that. 
Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. It's been too long since the whole staff has been together or, or a, a large chunk of the staff has been together. So yeah, th- this is a, a, I think anything that you can do to raise the profile of the game here in town is a good thing. I think Exploria Stadium is an exemplary host of these types of events. We've had many, many big soccer events here mm-hmm. in Orlando at the uh, the stadium. The Purple Palace is uh, always a fun place to be. Yeah, I think this will be an interesting, an interesting match. And uh, you know, these kind of things always kind of devolve into you know funny moments, and you know, nobody's going to take this overly serious. You're not going to see, you know two-footed challenges and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, no. Well, but it's it's an opportunity. I mean, you know, if even if even though these guys might not be in their prime or or anything like that, if, if you never got a chance to see them play live, it's going to be a chance to see them play live, you know, even if even as retired. I mean, th- numerous clubs over in the English Premier League, you know, do these, you know, types of games and and they always get a big draw because people want to see the the heroes of old. So, um I I don't know, I think I think it'll be good. And like you said, anything that gets Exploria Stadium out there and and shows it for the wonderful soccer venue that it is is a good thing. Yeah, any um uh, any favorites from Orlando City that uh, you would like to see at this game? Oh gosh. Um What's Scott Sutter doing? Let's get him back. Um, I know he was a he was a fave. Um, I, I I know that the call will go out across Twitters for for Venter. Yes. Um Adrian Venter is uh, is a player who I could I could theoretically see him coming in and playing in this match, but uh, that may not be the a big enough name. I don't I don't know how ambitious this event is. Obviously, the two names that are out there are very big names. I mean, are you, are we talking like Tati from Roma? Because if so, I don't even want to cover this game. I just want to go and be a screaming fanboy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so it'll, it'll, a lot of it'll depend on the, the, like you say, the level of the retired guys that are going to be showing up for this thing, which could be pretty high. And if it is, that's, that's a good reason for everybody to go do exactly what you're saying, which is just go be a screaming fan. Exactly. All right, well, we'll cover this as uh, more names are announced in the coming weeks, and we're not really sure if they're just going to announce final rosters or if they're going to do this in dribs and drabs. But, um, yeah, I, I think it was uh, it was an interesting and kind of a surprising thing to me to get this press release. And uh, I think I would have probably waited till Kakao signed on the dotted line, and then, then you could pump that up. But, you know, I, it's you got to sell tickets. So you may as well, you know, start as early as you can. Yeah. And you know, then they get that. So they get that initial advertising bump. And then when they get Kakai in there, then they get a, a second one. All right. Well, the beautiful game is what it's called. It'll be here Friday, June 23rd. So not going to interfere with an Orlando city game. So you can, uh, load up the kids, come down to the stadium, have a fun night. And, uh, and it's it's kind of like a um, like a seniors game or a senior tour kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, always fun, always fun to see your heroes, even if they're a little over the hill. And I say that as someone who went to see the last Genesis tour. <laughs> <laughs> Genesis kids was a <laughs> proc rock band. Anyway, indeed, they were the, one of the biggest bands in the world in the eighties. So. Um, yes, they were. Anyhow, uh, yeah, this is normally where we would say uh, that we're going to go do some other things. And that's exactly what it is anyway, even in this new format. We're yeah. going to have our key matchups and score predictions for the Minnesota United game coming up. We're going to have our mailbag box and uh, we're going to get to that. Plus, we're going to talk to our special guest. We're going to do all of it right after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, joining us on the Mainland Podcast, we are very happy to have with us from the Northland Soccer Journal. You may remember them as E Pluribus Lunum. Now they are independent like us. They are the Northland Soccer Journal, and it is uh, contributing writer Alan Van Wyk is with us. Alan, uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, thanks for having me. It's good to be back after a bit of a break. Our teams uh, have not played in quite some time. The uh, the Lions and the Loons have not locked horns in a while, and the last time, as we were just talking before uh, hitting the record button, the last time was 2020 in the MLS's back tournament when the world looked very, very different than it does now, although no less stupid and scary. Um, <laughs> and it was, uh, oddly, it was a semifinal of a, of a tournament, and, and Orlando City finally beat Adrian Heath after... Uh, several unsuccessful attempts, but it's been quite some time. So I wanted to start out by asking you to just describe for us, if you will, the current Minnesota United team. And uh, it's, it's, we've seen that it's Adrian Heath. So we expect a four, two, three, one, but we've seen, this is a very, at least so far to this point in the season, very stingy defensive club. So what are the strengths and weaknesses of this year's Minnesota United team through the first few games of the year? Um, yeah, I mean, it is, it is, as you would expect, a very stingy defensive team. Um, I think in years past, that stinginess has relied on sort of individual talent of the defense. And there is much more this year a sense of um, control and organization, and, and it's pretty deliberate. Uh, the team has gone out in a 4-4-2 quite a bit, and that has been really successful. Um, but Heath does still love the four th- or the 4-2-3-1, and that's what they did last week, and it wasn't quite as successful. Um, but yeah, a, a stout defensive team that is incredibly opportunistic, takes its chances when it gets them. Um, well, uh, tell us a little bit more about that. You, you know, you talked about individual efforts before, but now more of a, a cohesive uh, defense. Um, who who are the players? Because uh, obviously our listeners aren't going to know everybody. Who who is it that's that's pulling that weight for the defense now? Um, it is Kervin uh, Arriaga has been incredibly good. Young Honduran player. He he had a few starts last season. Um, and then got injured and never quite fully recovered. And he is uh, playing in the midfield alongside Will Trapp. Um, And he just covers an incredible amount of ground every night. Um, And he he has sort of taken over uh, the center of the pitch for for United. Um, With his effort, with enthusiasm, I think he's, you know, he went viral two weeks ago with his dancing and, and all that, but that is sort of the infection, the infectious sort of energy that he has brought to the team. Um, and so he is sort of playing alongside Will Trapp um, and sort of controlling the, the middle of the field in a way that we haven't seen for a while in, in Minnesota. Um, I think the other big addition um, is Mickey Tapias. Uh, last year, I don't know if, if, you all paid attention too much to this or if this made your news. Uh, Dibasi, Bakke Dibasi, center back for Minnesota United. Great, great center back. Had a fluke injury, uh, tore his thigh, season ending. Doctors don't really know when he's going to be back. It's a pretty rare uh, injury. He seems to be progressive, progressing um, really well, but it's a big unknown. Uh, after he went out last year, the defense just fell apart without him. Um, and so right before the season started, the club got Mickey Tapias, uh, Liga MX defender, center back, and he has stepped in immediately. Great pairing with Michael Boxel. 
um, at center back, and he has been uh, a pretty aggressive center back. He likes to step. He likes to uh, get involved early uh, in the buildup. Um, and so he has been a great addition. So those two, I think, Caravan and, and Mickey um, have sort of been the really big additions uh, to the team. Alan, the big story this year in the preseason and kind of going into the season, Emmanuel Reynoso, what can you tell us about him? He's a player that's obviously very exciting and, and helps that Minnesota offense, you know, flow. But, um, you know, what was his situation for, for those of our, our listeners who, who really haven't been paying attention to the Western Conference, what's going on over there with a team we haven't played in a few years? Um, <laughs> yeah. Just give us the background and, and what the current situation is. Uh, current situation is hard to say. Um, there's not there. The people who know what is happening are not talking. And that's from from his team and from the club. Um, there is a lot of we are working on communication. We hope to get him back, but we're not sure when that's going to happen. Uh, he is technically formally uh, Reynoso is suspended without pay, so he is not on the active roster. Um and so it is sort of a wait and see. I think your statement was even just a little bit weak. I mean, th- this team was built around Reynoso. Um, the, the, since he has been with the team, the strategy has been don't give up goals, get the ball to Reynoso as quickly and as often as you can. And hopefully he will do something nice with it. Um, and so missing him, uh, they have really needed to rethink um, a lot of what they do on the field. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> well looking, uh, of course, Which, sorry, just to jump in to be fair, yeah, I mean, no. that is an MLS thing. It is, you know, when you have DPs in your roster rules, you tend to have teams that, that sort of are built around one or two players. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota was an extreme case of this. Um, they were built around him and, you know, and he carried the team. He carried him to a conference final in 2020, and you know he could handle that that kind of that kind of load for the team. Um, of course, Minnesota United comes into this match against Orlando City after their first loss uh, against Chicago. Um, I'm sure they're disappointed. What are you expecting? Um, looking at Minnesota and what they're going to have to do against Orlando, what are you looking for them to, you know, tactically or emotionally, what are, what are they going to be looking to do? They had found in the first five games, um, you know, with Reynoso absent and there's quite a bit of chaos in the preseason. And in the first five games that they had, they were, um, they sort of found a new identity, a post Reynoso or a, Reynoso less identity of being pretty well organized, sitting deep, absorbing pressure, taking their chances and sort of working through that. Um, and all of that really fell apart in Chicago. They looked disjointed. They looked like they had never played together. They were half a step behind on everything, sort of all that energy and excitement from the first five games just disappeared. So I think the first big question is which, which team is going to show up and, um, you know, the, the, the team that is comfortable sitting back and absorbing pressure and taking their chances or the very disjointed team. If it is the what they have typically seen, I think that will do pretty well. Um, they have averaged 43% possession this year. They don't like to have the ball. They don't want to have the ball. Um, I think that will play well in Orlando. Um, and so I think, it, you know, that – this game could play to their strengths in that way. Um, if they are able to, to sit back and, and absorb a whole lot of pressure, let Orlando play along the top of the box. Um, you know, I think you've had, I think Orlando's had 50, 50 shots on goal, 25 on goal, 50 shots, um, 25 on goal, something. I mean, and so I think Dane, They've had 71 shots, 23 shots on goal. 23 shots on goal. Um, and all but three are probably Martino Ojeda. <laughs> well, and and more importantly, every goal that they've scored has been inside the 18. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So that'll be interesting. Dane St. Clair, uh, goalkeeper for Minnesota United. He's the number two on Canada 
Canadian national team, young goalkeeper, very, very good. He has not been tested at all this year. Um, he really hasn't had much to do. Um, and so I think this, this, you know, I think this is probably a game that I hope he is, he is ready for, um, in that sense as well. Well, uh, this year, what I've noticed is that Robin Ludd, uh, seems to be playing a little bit more centrally. Can you just talk a little bit about his, his movement in there is the Reynoso absence, the reason for that. And, and do you think that that has affected his, you know, ability to chip in offensively this season? Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is the, that is an attempt at a Reynoso plan B, um, getting blood central. Um, it is, it is not his best position. He is a very versatile player and it is not his best place. He is much better out wide or more of a false nine than a pure 10. Um, part of the problem for him has been um, in the four, two, three, one this year with him in the middle, the, the team tends to get very gappy and there's quite a bit of space um, between Lud in particular and and the the back six and he has a harder time covering that ground than someone like Reynoso right Reynoso could could receive the ball in you know just outside the center circle and take on two or three people and move it into attack and that's not how Lud plays that's not his strength and so when he is asked to do that in the middle of the field, it, it sort of, he does get lost and he does drift a little bit trying to, trying to figure out where to pick it up. Um, in the, the, the first game against Dallas, it was technically a 4-2-3-1, but Lode was playing very, very high. So it was almost a 4-4-2. Um, and so he was playing very high up the pitch and he did great in that game. Um, so it, it's an interesting thing. I think it's a difficult one for Heath because he, you know, he, he needs, he needs to get led on the field, right? I mean, he is clearly one of the top 10 on the team. So he needs to play. It's, it's hard to know how to get him on the field without playing next to Reynoso. Mm. Um, looking kind of on the other side, what, uh, is going to be Minnesota's biggest challenge in you know, dealing with Orlando city. I mean, it's always a risk to sit back and just absorb pressure. Um, I think that's, uh, especially with, you know, when you, you do that against other teams that maybe want to play on the counter, that's fine. When you do it against teams that want to possess, that want to work the ball forward, it gets pretty dangerous. Um, so I think that there is sort of that that risk of whether they can they can do that against Orlando, whether they can sit back and absorb pressure for, you know, a half, 90 minutes, a whole game. Um, and then I think it's how much they how well they recover if they are able to recover from Chicago, where they just came out so incredibly flat. Um, you know, the impression is you guys you guys had your bye week pretty well timed. Um, so you should be coming in healthy, it sounds like, fresh, ready to play. Um, and so, I, you know, I think there's a whole lot of tactical things and, and players and match matchups. Um, but that energy level and whether Minnesota can recover, um, I think will be a big part of the night. Yeah, you're, your guys have been sitting on a loss for a week. Ours have been sitting on a, a loss for two weeks. So. Yeah they're probably pretty much uh, chomping at the bit to get going. <laughs> Got some questions here from our, some of our, what we call our founders. I'll just fire them off at you if that's okay. Yeah. So we'll start with Tyler Clink. Who's got a, a he, he sent a bunch of questions. You, you get one per guest Tyler, but uh, I'm going to come, I'm going to combine two of them because this, this is a, an interesting question that I think is something that I was interested in too. He wants to know, Realistically, where do you think Minnesota United will finish this year? And can Adrian Heath win you an MLS Cup? Uh, the second one, no. Um, I think Heath is Heath is a, a, a tends to the conservative. Um, he is a rather conservative coach, and so I don't think 
um, that will ever be enough to get a cup. Um, how they'll do this year, I th you know, I think, does Reynoso come back? Do, I, do we get to, to know the answer to that question? If Reynoso doesn't come back, you know, everybody makes the playoffs this year, and so they make the playoffs, and and they they lose the first round. Reynoso comes back. They get two games into the playoffs, three games into the playoffs. So that's cheating because it it I mean it really does depend on if Reynoso comes back or not, and it doesn't look like he's going to right now. Hmm. Okay. So. It's really weird hearing these um, statements about Adrian Heath's conservatism because he wasn't that way here at all, like at all. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it it is an interesting thing, you know. It's he came in as the the striker whisperer and and a pretty a pretty exciting hire and and became and became incredibly conservative and has stayed that way. Right. I mean, this, these are teams that are incredibly hard to break down and they get, you know, two goals from, from a handful of people. Um, and you put together and you, and you do that and you put together a strong run and you can make a run in the playoffs, but. Yeah. Uh, we have a conservative coach too, but it's more, Backpassing from the final third that, that drives us crazy uh, more than a defensive shell. Great um, build up. Don't want to shoot. <laughs> Daniel Phillips uh, asks, what are Minnesota fans currently complaining about? We know that fan bases can overreact to certain things. So he's curious as to what Minnesota United fans are overreacting to. Oh, they're overreacting to everything. It's what we do. Um, the, the lack of transparency on Reynoso is still a big one. There's still a lot of people that are trying to figure that out. Um, I think that the the really strong first five first five games, eleven points from five games, surprisingly quieted all the noise. Um, so there's not a whole lot. The, the you know, uh, so yeah, they, they are so shockingly quiet right now. Sorry to be disappointing on that one. No, that's that's no problem. I would I think anybody whose team was missing a DP and they got no information about it, they would be the same, I think, yeah. anywhere in the league. So but you and, know, but again, you get a couple of wins and it's it seems maybe less important if you can keep winning. So yeah. I mean, we 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 have people on our Twitters uh saying uh Berea should be out because you know, they haven't scored as many goals and things like that after making the playoffs, you know, three years in a row and winning yeah. a trophy. <laughs> yeah. And getting the trophy there. I mean, there is, and this is totally tangential to anything that matters, but there is sort of a, you come into a season with so much chaos and missing your player, you know, you get 11 points out of five games and that looks awfully good. <laughs> um, it's hard not to be like, well, begrudgingly excited about that. Uh, we have another question about Adrian Heath uh, from Brian Fergala. And I think this is a little bit different than, than asking you your opinion, asking what Minnesota fans think in general about Adrian Heath, just to, how do they feel about him as a manager? I know that every, every loss is magnified. Everybody wants the coach out when there's a loss and everybody doesn't necessarily defend them when they win. They just shut up for a few minutes. Um, what is the overall sort of Minnesota United? Uh, if Minnesota United fans all got together in one place, what would be the overwhelming majority or, or at least the majority opinion on Adrian? Uh, there would be two halves of the room in the bar that they were all gathered in. Um, half of them would be quiet right now, but would still be Heath out. There, there is a loud and and committed contingent of Heath out folks, um, for a whole host of reasons. Um, there is also, though, a a pretty large contingent that uh, likes Inchy, right? That likes the feisty, that likes the chip on the shoulder, that kind of likes the scrappy. Yeah, we don't, you know, it's not beautiful soccer, but we're winning, right? So. Mm -hmm. Uh, that is the group that seems to be sort of 
<laughs> in the ascendancy at the moment. But sort of that, yeah. We'll Makes sense. We saw shoulder. that. We, we saw that here. We did. We, oh, yeah. you know, when we when uh, when Orlando City jumped from the USL to MLS, and Adrian Heath came with the team, there were obviously the the fans had fond memories. Uh, Heath had won them trophies and championships and and supporter shields and all that stuff, or President's mm-hmm. Trophy, I guess they call it in USL. And then, of course, so many more people came on board when the club joined MLS. So there was a group of people that weren't invested in Adrian Heath as a coach. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was an expansion team. So you do what expansion teams do. You you maybe get some things wrong with the initial roster build and then you have to try to overcome it. You you don't have depth because you're a young you're a new team and you haven't had a chance to build some depth and you get a couple injuries and that affects things. And and yet the team was on the cusp of a playoff spot in year one and right at the playoff line in year two when, when Adrian was fired. And in fact, we were not Dave and I, but I was recording an episode of this podcast the evening that Adrian was let go. And it was kind of a shocking moment. You know, this was the, Mm -hmm. the only coach we'd ever known. And uh, he had the team in a pretty decent position despite some adversity and, and all of a sudden he was out and I can tell Minnesota fans, if, if any of your uh, readers listen to this podcast, that, the grass is quite frankly not always greener. Uh, we went to, I think our ownership jumped at the chance to get a previous MLS Cup winning coach in Jason Christ, and things got really bad. And uh, and then they went even worse when they brought in uh, James O'Connor, a, a favorite son who had played here and had had great success at the USL level. Uh, he came in and and the team really bottomed out. So. <laughs> Uh, it can get worse. It don't ever think it can't get worse. Don't ever think, well, the next guy couldn't be any worse than what we've got now, because I'm here to tell you it can always get worse. And and not only that, but it got worse twice after Angie left. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they didn't give him his three-year plan here. Minnesota gave him his three-year plan and he got the team to the playoffs as he said he would in three years. So I mean, the guy did what he said he was going to do. Now it's just a matter of once you reach the playoffs, anything can happen. So, yeah, I I think it's just a a matter of especially it probably won't be quite that way this year because of the new weird playoff rules. But, you know, when you're talking about knockout rounds, it's a it's a crapshoot. You just you can't have one bad night. You can't even have one average night. You have to be on night after night from the time that you're you're start those knockout rounds. So uh so buck up because some of us have fond memories of Adrian Heath and and wonder where this franchise actually would be if he still was here. We don't really know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think and you know and I think that's such an interesting thing is he he had he was just on the on the cusp of getting some some really good you know expansion success in Orlando. And then he comes here uh, and the club got it all wrong the first two years, just mm-hmm. shipping goals and just really struggling. Sounds familiar. <laughs> and then it got turned around. And it's been, you know, pretty consistently fourth, fifth, sixth in the West for a whole bunch of years with teams that don't give up goals and every once in a while go on a pretty exciting run. Um, and if you time that run, at the right time, you can you can do something. Yeah. It seems like in the West, it's just a matter of, can you avoid one of Seattle or LAFC and then upset the other one? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that and Seattle has been a, a big problem for Minnesota. In that, a big in that problem sense. for a lot of teams. Yeah, right. for a lot of teams. <laughs> So I, I just uh, I just watched them dismantle St. Louis the other night. So oh uh, man, they're still at it. Um, yeah. One yeah. more question from our founders, from Joe Ryan, who is actually uh, has a, a little bit of a tangent on this question. Is going a little different direction. Wants to know your thoughts about facing Detroit City FC in the U.S. Open Cup. He says the Detroit City FC story is fascinating. Wow. Um, I have to admit, I haven't looked that far ahead into the season yet. Um, I don't know that I, I have a whole lot to say. I think, um, you know, Minnesota 
got eliminated last year, Union Omaha, and that did not sit well with a whole lot of people. Um, so I don't think they will make that mistake again. Um, but I, I have to apologize. I don't have anything to say. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I understand that you're a writer. You you're basically, what's the next task I got to write about? I'm, you're not thinking that far ahead, but, uh, yeah, it, it seemed like the Western conference of MLS was cup set central last year. Uh, not just union Omaha knocking off a couple teams, but obviously Sacramento getting through that half of the bracket and, and yeah. making the final. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, this year it could go the other way. It could be the Eastern conference that gets cup set. Yeah. But, uh, Detroit, uh, and Minnesota, that should be, that should be fun. It's like a little Norris division, uh, uh thing <laughs> going on there. <laughs> NFC North. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alan, where can people find you and your work online? Uh, Northlandjournal.com and uh, thisalan01 at Twitter. Well, Alan Van Wyk from Northland Soccer Journal. Very happy to have you with us. Thank you so much for educating us on Minnesota United, a team that we haven't seen in a few years. And I think maybe you guys even had Kevin Molino last time we played you or something. Yeah. <laughs> So it's been a while. It has uh, been a long time. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. And uh, and after this week, good luck to you guys the rest of the way. Yeah, well, we go to Seattle after this, so it'll be tough. Thank you. All right, Dave, that was awesome. It was really great having Alan Van White come on the show. And I feel like I know a lot more about Minnesota United now. Uh, absolutely not only that but it's always nice to get a different perspective on adrian heath a man that we know or knew very well and uh hearing that uh you know it's incredibly funny that he's now conservative uh which was a surprise to both of us <laughs> maybe he's always been conservative but in the usl he just had such talented teams that he could afford not to be and okay. then in the early days of orlando city he had to go score goals because he didn't have a very good defense. So maybe that's why, <laughs> maybe that's why we didn't see him as conservative. Uh, that that could be that that you might be right about that. But yeah, they, I remember that four two three one was pretty wide open, wheeling dealing, creating yeah. chances and scoring goals, but giving up more. <laughs> right. Well, like you say, the amount of talent in USL, and then you know, you got Kaká to start out in MLS. Why not? Yeah, exactly. All right, Dave, we are going to delve into our mailbag box to see if anybody has sent us any mail. You know, I love the mailbag box. There, I've heard a rumor about that. There's a t-shirt. There is a t-shirt and it only exists because of you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so special. I, I'm probably also the, currently the only person that owns one. You are currently the only person that owns one. Although I haven't checked the last couple of days to see if uh, we saw. I, I have heard some folks say that they had planned to buy some, but I don't know if that has actually taken place yet. Uh, so we'll see. Right now, you're the only one. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, you can go to themainland.com, click on shop, and uh, scroll down. You're going to find this nice-looking yellow shirt with it's kind of like our our logo color. And it says, I love the mailbag box has our logo. It says the mainland podcast on it. So you can uh, support the show that way and uh, join Dave as uh, it is, someone who professes to love the mailbag box. It is quite a striking shirt. I must yeah. say. Uh, so the mailbag box, if you're new to the show, there's two ways you can ask us anything and it doesn't have to be Orlando city related. It could be anything. That's, that's literally the meaning of ask us anything. So there's two ways to do it. Actually, there's three, I but was say. I'm so used to being there. There being only two that I, I keep saying there's two. You can email us at the mainland at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at the mainland. And you can use the hashtag ask to make sure we see that. There's another way you can go to the mainland podcast page on the mainland.com. And there's a little form where you just put in your email address and your question and you hit the send button. Okay. It comes to our Gmail box. So it's kind of the same thing as the Gmail, but it's a little bit different. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're doing it through the website instead of your own email. Yeah, so there's a couple of ways to do it. The uh, the other thing I do want to point out, though, is if you have a question specifically about the Orlando Pride uh, and you are a listener of Scoperp, you probably want to mention that. Uh, there's also going to be an Ask Scoperp hashtag for that particular thing on Twitter for if you want to do that. And by the way, if you are a Scoperp uh, listener, if you listen to Scoperp Soccer, you may want to follow us on Twitter at Scoperp Soccer. Yes, the Mainland Podcast doesn't even have its own Twitter, but Scoperp Soccer has its own Twitter. That's because it is really cool and special and new. That too. <laughs> so you can uh, get those questions in for that show as well. And because we're going to have, we're not, we're not just going to have Mailbag Box on one podcast. Mailbag Box is for all of our podcasts. Yes. Mailbag Box is the be all of Mailbag Boxes. Yes. And you will definitely want to make sure that we're asking or that we're answering your question on the show that you listen to. So if you only listen to one, you should probably tell us which one you want it to be on. But if it's Ask TMLPC on Twitter, that's self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. And if it's Ask Scoperp, also self-explanatory. I'm going to look in the mailbag, uh, the Gmail bag one more time to see if we got any new ones this week. I do have one from Daniel Phillips. All right. Excellent. What's Daniel have to say? Daniel says, here we go again. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure what that means. Okay. Scenario, you win two all expenses paid away day trips, one for Orlando City, and the second one for one of your non-MLS teams. Which two games are you going to? And he says, I'll go first. Orlando City at Austin, cool city, and the stadium atmosphere looks incredible. And Dortmund at Schalke, insane rivalry, might get punched in the face. That's that's pretty cool. Um, I'm not getting punched in the face. That wouldn't be cool. No, no. But you know, Dortmund and Schalke. That's that'd be that'd be fun. Extreme. Um, yeah. Um, for me, I think I would want to do. Um, and it would be it would be more rare, but I would want to do Orlando City at Portland. Just because if I'm gonna have somebody pay for it, I'm gonna I'm going out west coast. Uh, and I haven't been to Portlandia yet. And so I would, I would definitely do that for the atmosphere as well. The, the atmosphere in the city, the atmosphere in the stadium and just the overall experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, uh, otherwise I'm, I'm going, I'm going Merseyside Derby, uh, Liverpool at Everton. Uh, it doesn't matter which one that's, uh, I'm doing that because regardless, I'm then in Liverpool. This is true. So this is true. All expenses yeah. paid for me is the key word or the key phrase mm -hmm. here, because I don't want to go someplace close where I could just drive there or, or, you know, that I could afford it. So mm -hmm. what I'm thinking is something in, I mean, it's expensive to go to California. So maybe California, maybe, maybe an LA galaxy or LAFC game or, Maybe Vancouver. Ooh, a little Canadian trip. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad to visit Vancouver. Um, I've heard some great things about it. I actually know a couple of people online that live up in that area. So that would all be cool to get, you know, have all those expenses taken care of and make that trip. But yeah, anywhere really in the in the west or the northwest part is probably equal for me. So mm -hmm. I would like if you made me narrow down to one. I'll say whatever is the most expensive airline ticket. That's the one I would go to. <laughs> okay. All right. And what about your, uh, your non MLS? So hard. I mean, God, it's like almost the tie between the Manchester Derby at old Trafford. Uh -huh. I mean, I guess it has to be, it's gotta it be away, be away. So I guess I'd, I'd actually have to go to the stupid Eddie Hod. Yeah. Uh, or the old firm Derby in Scotland between Celtic and Rangers. Those are probably the top two on my bucket list. Yeah. So that was going to be my, that was going to be my second choice for my non MLS. Uh, so if somebody out there makes this happen, uh, Michael and I will happily go together 
And um, and then we will both get punched in the face. And probably punch each other in the By face because we're, yes. we're on opposite sides of that one. <laughs> yes, indeed. So that's a great question, Daniel. And uh, I know I waffled a little bit, didn't give you a straight answer, but basically those are both ties. So I would just have to look to see which one is the more expensive one and have the all expenses paid one to the more expensive one. Yeah, that makes financial sense. So, okay. So that's, uh, that's, uh, Daniel in the Gmail. I don't believe I have any other Gmails this week. So if you sent me a Gmail and you think I should be reading your question, I don't know that I received it. So, um, sorry about that, but I don't see anything else right now in the Gmail for this week. But, uh, I will admit it has been a crazy, crazy few weeks. So it's entirely possible that something might've fallen through the cracks, but I'm usually pretty good at starring things when they come in and I don't see anything else starred and, and none of the normal names of some of our, our regulars is, uh, are sticking out. Like I don't see a David Victor in here, for example. Yeah. And you would have thought that these guys would want to get in on this, uh, you know, this first of the new, you know, broken up podcast, but I guess not. Yeah. Well, I mean, a <laughs> little, little disappointed. Yep. A little disappointing, but uh, it is what it is. Maybe people are just waiting to see how this two shows a week thing shakes out before they uh, submit some more questions. That could be because, and, and the reason I am agreeing with you on that is there's currently nothing in the Twitters either. So, mm-hmm. so that's it. Unless you got a Twitter thing that I don't see. Not that I'm seeing either. All right. Well, remember, you can ask us anything every week. Just email us at themainland at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at the mainland is our Twitter handle with the hashtag AskTMLPC or go to the mainland podcast page of themainland.com and fill out the little form and ask your question that way. Exactly. All right. The other thing we'd love you to do is to hit us up with a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. If you do it on Apple Podcasts, though, and that's where most of our traffic is, you're going to get your five-star review read on the air on a future podcast. And also, I don't know if you've noticed that page of our website, but uh, some of those five-star reviews have made it onto our website page uh, for this Mainland Podcast. Double bonus time for you guys at... uh that put something in there and give us a five-star review and, and, and write something. But nobody did that this week. We are still searching for our next five-star rating and review on, uh, for the mainland podcast. And of course, scope perp will be looking for the it's first as well. So, uh, you definitely want to be the first person to give a five-star rating and review for scope perp soccer and Orlando pride podcast. Yeah. Cause I mean, then I mean, you're, it's, it's a bit of history, really. Yeah. Once you're first, you'll never not be the first. And like Ricky Bobby said, if you ain't first, you're last. That's, uh, that's definitely one way to look at it. Well, it's wrong, but you know, (laughs) he he did say it. It is a, it's a way to look at it. That's all I'm saying. All right, Dave, episode 335, one big piece of business left to do before we get out of here. That's to talk about Orlando City at Minnesota United going up to the Great White North. No, that's Canada. Beyond the Wall, maybe, perhaps, um, <laughs> where, where the wildlings live. I don't know. Uh, it's loony up there. That's all I know. It's loony. Definitely loony up there. Going to see a familiar face, Adrian Heath is the manager of Minnesota United still. He's got Minnesota in a good position again this year to start off the season, although they are coming off their first loss of the year. The Loons went to Chicago. I watched that game. It was was a very surreal game. You had uh, Adrian Heath on one side. You had Chris Mueller playing on the other side. You had Orlando City draft pick Jonathan Dean, who never signed with the club, playing for Chicago. It was it was kind of nutty, if, if we're being yeah. honest. Uh, Looney and, even. And as Adrian Heath has seen many times, Kai Kamara scored a couple of goals in that game. 
Kai Kamara scoring against uh, Orlando City adjacent teams at this point. Yeah, I really would have liked Orlando City to have signed him. It is no secret that I wanted this club to go out and get a veteran MLS seasoned scorer in this league. Somebody wouldn't break the bank. I think Kamara would have fit the mold. And the guy just gets in positions to score. And then he does it. He's just got a knack for scoring goals. And that's not a bad thing to have on your team. And as you look at Orlando City and its lack of goal scoring to start this season, this is what it looks like when you go out and you get a bunch of younger guys and or, and guys that have never played in this league. It takes them a while to settle in and get the lie of the land, figure out how games are going to be called. You get, they have to figure out the other teams, their tendencies, how they play how the climate is wherever they're playing um the altitude changes uh, the time changes they got to get used to they've got to get used to the different referees it is a lot and so some guys come in and they hit the ground running and they're great right away other guys most guys it takes them a you know some period of time that might be three weeks it might be three months it might be a year yeah so if you're going to go out and rebuild your entire strike force, to me, it makes sense to not just get a whole bunch of young guys from other countries. Just bring one guy in. You had your Tesho before. So bring in a, a new Tesho, but maybe a, a Tesho who's even better finisher and maybe even better at holdup play. And that would like be a, Kamara. Yeah, I was going to say like a Kai Kamara. Uh, and how nice would it have been to have him scoring goals for us instead of against us? Yeah. 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 That would have been really nice. But anyway, um, Chicago got out to a lead and, and really I didn't think Minnesota looked very good in this game and Chicago looked pretty decent in this game, but uh, Minnesota was never able to really get its bearings. I, as I said, Minnesota United comes into this game off its first loss because obviously you want a, an angry team. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> You you want them to be uh you know trying to bounce back and playing with some desperation. They will be now. So through six games played, Minnesota has three wins, one loss, two draws, and uh, sitting on eleven points, which is um, fifth in the Western Conference. Uh, the Loons, Dave, have been very good on the road. Obviously, they were three and zero going to the Chicago game where they lost, but they at home they are o o and two. Very surprising. I, yeah, that's that can give you a little bit of of hope there, but um, you know, as you also point out, they are coming off that first uh, road loss, and will be looking to avenge things. So uh, there's there's quite a bit of uh, there's obviously anytime you're going up against Adrian Heath, there's going to be storylines, and there are storylines here. Um, so it's it, Orlando City has you know not been bad on the road they've been worse at home it's so there's that dave the loons have been very good defensively in terms of not giving up a lot of goals uh, they have been uh, one of the better sides in major league soccer when it comes to that they did give up two at chicago but other than that in all of their other games they have not allowed more than one they've got a couple of shutouts they got a very athletic goalkeeper dane st Clair. Mm -hmm. good they've got a strong defense kemar lawrence on uh at left back uh dj taylor started at right back this last game i'm not sure if he's their regular or not but uh then you got in the middle um you've got michael boxall miguel tapias that was their back four and uh minnesota's back line and, and goalkeeper have done well will trap's done a good job in terms of keeping um you know, as a good shield for that back four. And, uh, and one of the big differences this year is that Robin Ludd has been moved to sort of a central attacking midfield role, sort of a number 10 pulling the strings. And so he's not getting forward into the box as much, not getting as, as many looks at goal. Uh, their leading scorer is Luis Amaria, uh, who has two, and he is actually level on uh, goals with uh, Mender Garcia. So those are the two guys so far that have been uh, creating the problems for Adrian Heath's team. And uh, also you have to watch out for uh, 
Franco Fragapani is a player who can create danger as well. So those are the those are the guys who Orlando City is going to have to keep an eye on. Cesar Araujo in the back four. Uh, and again, that attack that Orlando has had that has struggled is going to have to try to go up against a, a very good uh, defensive front that uh, I think, um, what have they given up, like five goals this year in six games. So yep. that's pretty good when you're not giving up a goal a game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you can keep everybody to uh, one goal or no goals, um, you're going to get results and you're going to be where they are in the standings. Yeah, so only two teams in the West have allowed fewer goals than Minnesota's five goals against, and that is Seattle and LAFC with three each. Each of those teams has played one more game than Minnesota. So Minnesota has one of the better defenses in the uh, in the Western Conference to this point in the season. As you mentioned, if you're not giving goals up, you don't have to score a lot to get a result, which is good because the Loons only have seven goals in their six games. They're not exactly lighting it up either uh, without Reynoso, and uh, that has definitely affected their goal scoring. Look, you know, no, they haven't scored a bunch of goals, but they're at a plus two goal differential. Uh, Orlando City is at a negative one. So, which is why they're where they are on the table and where uh, and why Orlando City is where they are on the table. Um, you know, if Orlando City scores a couple more goals, they're right up there in that five six position as well. Uh, Orlando is sitting in eighth place in the Eastern Conference at two two and two, very symmetrical record. Five goals scored, six goals conceded. That's not great, but a goal a game conceded is tolerable. It, it would be better if it was lower. It would be much better if there were more than five goals scored. So this is a team that needs to score. They have been better at scoring goals and, and getting results on the road. They're one, two, and one at home this year, one, oh, and one on the road. So Dave, I need to know what your key matchup is. And I need your score prediction for Saturday night when the, when the lions go play the loons in the shadow of the beer hall. You know, we've, we've touched on a lot of it, but for me, I, I think for Orlando city to get a result of any sort is going to take more than one goal. They're going to have to score two, which is something that is very hard to do against Minnesota and has been very hard for Orlando city to do. Um, so this is a tall order, um, on the road. I don't care if it's McGuire. I don't care. if it's Ojeda, I don't care if Torres finds the scoring boots. I don't care who does it. Uh, Angulo, give me another goal, but there's it's, it's got, I, I think it's going to take more than one. And so it's obviously, um, um, my key matchup is going to be Orlando city's attack against Minnesota's, uh, defense. Mm-hmm. Now, as we've alluded to previously this season, uh, I'm supposed to be more pessimistic, and I'm going to be more pessimistic. I'm going to say that given all the factors that I just did and the necessity for it to be two goals, I don't know that Orlando City gets it done. I think that Minnesota is going to be chomping at the bit to get back on the right track after that first loss. So, unfortunately, Lions go uh, go north to Looney Town and come back with a 2 one loss. Uh, I don't want that. I don't want it either, but you know, this is our, you know, quote unquote analysis. Yeah. I'm going to agree with the key matchup for me. It is can Orlando's attacking players break through that defense and Dane St. Clair and goal and uh, put the ball where it's supposed to go in the mm-hmm. back of the net, not on the top of the net, not in the outside netting, not behind the net. Definitely not in the upper deck. No. Let's get zeroed in on where that goal frame is and put the ball inside of it, but not right at the goalkeeper. The beer hall is for beer, not balls. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, that's my key matchup is the attack against the back five for uh, maybe even back six when you consider well trap uh, of Minnesota. Uh, And I'm going to I'm going to stick with what's been happening in Minnesota. Minnesota's 0-0-2 at home. They're going to 0-0-3 with a 1-1 draw. All right. Well, that's more positive than I was, which is, you know, that's where we've been most successful this <laughs> season. So <laughs> go us. We've uh, we've nailed it, I think. Yeah, yeah. We will we will absolutely be right and wrong. All right. Well, that is all I've got for episode 335, Dave. 
man, this new format, still not used to it being so short, but I like it. All right. So we'll be back next week with two new shows. And of course we will have our look back at the Minnesota game in the first show. We're going to talk about OCB and, um, you know, any other club news that comes in between here and there might be a guest might be a founder coming on to talk about a topic. So you might get that in the first week, uh, first show of the week. And in the second show of the week, you're going to get probably a guest interview. You're going to get your mailbag box. You're going to get your preview and um, score predictions for the following week, which Dave, my schedule, I don't know if it jibes with yours, but uh, up next after Minnesota, I have got Orlando city playing at home against the fighting Roonies of DC United. Damn you, Rooney! Yes, that's uh, that is what is on my spreadsheet. And the magic that day—will it be Rooney magic, or will it be the magic of Kaka's birthday? Ah, we beseech the Kaka, lend us your magical feet and scoring boots, dear sweet little baby Kaka. <laughs> <laughs> Eight pound, six <laughs> ounce, baby caca. Yeah, if we're gonna go with all in with the Ricky Bobby this week, then we might as well. But uh yes. yeah, so that's what we'll be so, doing next week as we do two shows a week now. Thank you for putting up with this. There, there it's gonna be a little disjointed to start, but we'll find our rhythm, we promise. Yes, yes, we will. There's gonna be some bumps and bruises, we'll get through it and everything will be cool. But we hope that you enjoy the new format once we're a little smoother at it. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to those who sent us questions. We do appreciate it as always get your questions in for next week. We will see you next time. Remember to read our stuff at our independent website, themainland.com. Follow Dave on Twitter at mainland. Dave, you can follow me at mainland. Michael, you can follow the mainland at the mainland. And if you want to, you can follow Scoperp soccer at Scoperp soccer. Scoperp. And uh, you can do all of that. You can like us on Facebook. Uh, we, we're not TikToking. We're not Instagramming yet. Uh, thank you to all. We will put a bow on episode 335. And we will see you next week. The only thing left for us to do is to say, Go City! <laughs>